0: This is episode number 177 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms.
1: And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
0: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related
1: to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Jessie. I am hopping in with a quick announcement before we get on to today's show. I wanted you to know that I am hosting a brand new free live training for fitness and health professionals called Beyond the Kegel. It will teach you a comprehensive framework to supporting clients in their fitness and pelvic health because we know that this work is about so much more than only doing Kegels or modifying exercises or even diastasis recti. You must be competent in all of that, plus consider how you can help whole people thrive in their bodies and lives in this world. There will be two live sessions Wednesday, May 26th at 12 Eastern, or Thursday, May 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern. You are going to learn how to teach your clients and educate your clients on why doing hundreds of Kegels is not going to fix their leaking diastasis recti and pelvic organ prolapse symptoms. You'll feel more confident in addressing body image concerns with your postpartum people from a non-diet manner. You'll get more clarity on how you can strategize with clients to reduce their low back or pelvic pain in life and exercise, and you'll feel better equipped on advising your clients on returning to exercise and increasing intensity postpartum. Go over to the link in today's show notes to register for session one or session two, and I will see you there live. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Two Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell.
1: And Anita Lambert.
0: Today, we are talking about how to help your postpartum clients or patients take it slower postpartum. So, this is something that Anita and I have many a conversation about with our fitness coaching and pelvic health clients. And it's something that we wanted to talk about because I think this is. I know for me, with the students that we work with in the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy, it's something that they are always wondering about and wanting better skills around. And that is, how do you convince or educate your clients on the value of taking it slower postpartum, especially when so much of what we see and what our clients are going to be seeing say on social media or in marketing is for getting back out there and snapping back and returning to all the stuff you used to do as fast as possible. So uh, Anita, is this something that comes up quite a bit for your people?
1: Mm -hmm. I would say it does come up a lot in clinic and there's a lot of education around it and talking through things um and what I find is a a helpful thing if you're working with the same client while they're pregnant if you can start talking about this before they even give birth I do find it helps because then those reminders postpartum they're like oh yeah okay so this is what you were talking about um before I even gave birth. So I find that is something helpful if you're working with them through both of those periods.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So let's talk about five main things that we think are helpful in facilitating this conversation and really helping your clients to take it slow, slow down and allow that healing and recovery process to help them along in the short and long-term. So number one, building on what you were saying, Anita, I think some education around their physical healing can be really vital. And I got so many messages after the episode that you did a while back. We can link it in the show notes about the tissue healing postpartum and what really happens over the first six weeks was eye opening for a lot of people. So can you just talk about that maybe a little bit more and what you say, like the brief synopsis is for your people, what you're telling them is going to happen to their postpartum tissues.
1: To make it brief, basically, because we're so told that the six-week magical mark means everything is healed. But when I go through kind of what our tissue goes through, like with any sort of healing from any injury, but I relate it to birth, whether vaginal or cesarean, is at that six-week mark, yes, some healing, some initial healing has started, but the tissue is not at the same flexibility or strength that it was prior. So I tell clients, you know, keep it in mind that, yeah, six weeks doesn't mean everything is healed. Yes, you will probably get the green light from your care provider, but they're just looking more for that, um, any red flag. So any, you know, infection or anything like that, that's kind of their role. But six weeks, the tissue still is more healing. But I find what also helps with talking through kind of that tissue healing is for people to know it's not like you can't do anything for six weeks, you actually can do things that would actually help your healing. And then as you go past that six weeks, there is more you can do um, to help load the tissue and to help with the healing beyond that point. So That kind of idea that basically six weeks does not mean everything is healed, but there's lots you can do before and after to really feel that much better and get back to everything that you do want to be doing.
0: Yeah, it's so important because there is this, you know, highlighting of that six-week mark and then people get to that six-week mark and sometimes they do feel pretty good and so they try to get back into much more intensity with exercise or exercise at all, or even really ramp up the daily life activities that they're doing. And sometimes then feel pretty terrible from doing that and notice that how that feels on their body or the recovery, like the day after the next couple days, they do not well so yeah we need some more education for our clients on what is happening during that time period but then also pairing it with what you said is we start to build slowly even before the six week mark and that will help them to get back to the things they like to do actually faster in a way that benefits them
1: I find oftentimes it's the my postpartum clients who've given birth before So they went through it the first time and then second or third or fourth time in the round, they're just like, I feel great. I would like to continue feeling great because there is a sweet spot in the, in the healing process where before that six week point, you may feel really good. And you're like, I can like, I can go for like an hour long walk, or I could try running or I could do um, these activities that are more demanding on our body. And then that's when, how you were saying, Jess, sometimes people feel they kind of take a step back and they start having symptoms, but they're like, I was feeling fantastic. I don't understand. I thought I was healed, but it's again, that tissue is still going through changes that you may feel great. And so taking these steps that we'll be talking about is just really worth it to help you continue feeling good in the long run.
0: And then the second part of this, what I talk a lot about with my clients, even on a very basic level, is just understanding the nervous system support that they need right now in this early postpartum time period, and just really trying to get some concept of what their bodies went through from the impacts of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, from simply living their life now. It's just whole lot on the nervous system and what we were perhaps once able to handle or recover from or deal with the load of stress from we might not be able to do that at this point in time early postpartum so as my clients we always talk about when life stress is high exercise stress should be low even if exercise feels like a stress release. I totally get it. It makes sense. And we need to remember that exercise is a stressor on the body. So we have to find a a way to work with this in some capacity. And that really is backing off quite a lot of intensity postpartum as we get back into an exercise routine. And again, just even thinking about this from a daily life standpoint, not even exercise from your daily life activities and how can you rest whenever possible? How can you back off in places where you might be able to back off?
1: Yeah. And I think it's good um, that you brought up about stress, Jess. And when I talk to clients about a postpartum, I also bring up the kind of the hidden stresses we actually don't recognize. So lack of sleep, which is very, very common, and it may last weeks, months or longer, depending how things are. So to know that actually not getting that full night's sleep is actually a stress on your body. So not to say to feel bad that you're not getting sleep, because that is that's part of what is happening but then like you said take that into account and then decide the next day like okay I was up five times last night I got maybe like four hours of broken sleep maybe I'll adjust my expectations for exercise I'm gonna do Um, and the other hidden stress I find people don't realize is whether you're um, nursing or if you're bottle feeding and it may involve pumping but regardless, there is a stress involved with constantly having to feed the baby. So whether, you know, however you are feeding, there are stresses on your body. It is a lot of energy out. Um, so again, it is taking energy away from you. So to know that that's often a hidden stress people don't really think about.
0: Those are so, so key. And especially that when you mentioned of feeding the baby, pumping breastfeeding, chestfeeding, it is massive amounts of energy that that requires to do so. And the other thing was sleep that I don't know if you find this too, but now, I mean, most of the time our kids sleep through the night. If on chance, one of them wakes up in the night and I'm up at that point, I wake up the next day and I feel like total trash. I'm like, how did we do this? For months and we're up multiple times like I don't I don't get it
1: I totally hear you on that just um, little ones and my little ones are close to the same age they're actually essentially because they're both like six months you're like steel is six months older than Pippa and then Theo is about six months older than Jack so yeah I I think about that too if you're up at night and just like how exhausting is the next day and I just realized how much adrenaline that we go on in those early stages to like get through.
0: That's so true. Okay, so number two, what I find to be so important, again, with getting postpartum clients to take it slow is to have conversations around what the cultural expectations of women, moms, and parents are, and really rooting that in conversations around patriarchy. Because I think that so many of us were just stuck and caught in this state of doing and needing to do all the things and feeling these really enormous expectations in our roles as moms, women, parents, however you might identify, to keep it going and to hold the fort down and to be stepping in and taking care of everyone. And it is... So it's just far too much on any person to be able to handle. And then especially with the recovery of a pregnancy, a birth and going through what you are postpartum, it is entirely too much to think you could just keep going at the same pace, at the same level of care for everyone else around you to be doing this. So we need to take a really clear look at why we want to be doing all the things and then maybe start to question them a little bit
1: that is really great to bring up and I know this past year the challenge is also not necessarily having that same those same support options and so I know a lot of clients who've just felt they're like I don't like I can't have family here I can't have friends help um, my partner is having to work full time, so they're they're trying to figure out how do I rest, how how can I juggle this uh, without the support that they they would have had outside of um, the pandemic time?
0: Yeah, and it's just so hard and impossible absolutely at times. What we tend to talk about with my clients quite a bit is where they can delegate. But maybe more importantly, is what they can entirely let go of. And I know that there is absolutely layers of privilege involved in this conversation that we need to consider. But might you even consider what in your life you could drop? And perhaps there could be someone else to pick it up. Or maybe if it doesn't get picked up, then it just gets dropped. So... Could that be some of the virtual schooling that's happening right now? Maybe you don't take it all on yourself. Maybe your kid doesn't do all of the sessions. Might it be the cooking or the meal preparation in some regard to the family? Can you have a conversation about what you are willing to do and what you are unwilling to do? So many of the domestic tasks of the home we know are falling on women and it's really worth having some uncomfortable conversations around what that is going to look like postpartum or if you're currently in it and it's not working for you on reworking what that division of labor is looking like. And then related to this, number three is conversations about bodies. So with my clients, we're often talking about Body image and uh, the struggles or discomforts that they are experiencing within their postpartum body. And what I've noticed throughout the last 12, 13 years is a lot of the reasons why my fitness coaching clients are wanting to return to a more intense structure of exercise or workout routine is because they're feeling uncomfortable in their postpartum body. And 99% of the time, that is they're feeling too big, quotations there, they're feeling too soft or round, or they're feeling fat in their body. And that's a really uncomfortable place for them to be. And so we want to turn to exercise as some means of control for, yeah, taking control of our body composition. And we're thinking that that is going to be the, again, quote unquote, fix for helping us feel more comfortable or more like ourselves or how we used to feel in our body. So we do a ton of just pulling back the layers on what it means to feel uncomfortable in your body and why you feel uncomfortable in your body, all the roots of where that stems from. I think one of the most impactful things that we can do as exercise professionals and health practitioners is really just ask your clients and patients, why? Why do you feel this way? Why do you feel this discomfort? Why do you feel like you want to lose weight? Why do you feel like your body is too big? And once we start peeling back those layers of what it all means for them, we can just start to take a look at these ideas that we have about bodies and where we even got these ideas from. And do we care for these ideas? are they benefiting us are they helping us are they helping other people and if we can face some of those beliefs and stories that we have around bodies and particularly fat bodies larger bodies racialized bodies i think for my people that's when they really start to uh, they start to look at things just on a very different level and not that the body image concerns just disappear or they don't feel uncomfortable anymore or those pulls to want to be smaller go away but it's more so that they just start to then question their own beliefs and stories a lot more and they can stop themselves from spiraling maybe a little bit sooner does this come up for your people mm-hmm.
1: yeah it it does come up um and I know we've talked about this on on other episodes too, I find it kind of diastasis and this go together that I'll have clients coming in feeling like they're like, I gotta have diastasis because of how my abdomen looks. And then we'll kind of go through the up-to-date information about what diastasis even is. um, And I'll check and kind of show them what's going on. And oftentimes diastasis isn't really part of, of kind of how things are with their abdomen um so then we talk about other reasons why their abdomen might look different postpartum and and yeah kind of that i find is like one layer that often i'm seeing within the clinic and then looking at like what are their other goals like what if their body doesn't change but they get stronger Or what if their body doesn't change, but they can, you know, exercise without leaking. So kind of we dive into those other goals to see like, what is most important to them.
0: And I think that for those of us, again, working in fitness and health, we just have to take a look at our own selves and how we might be promoting this kind of disordered ideas about bodies in our clients. And I know that that sucks to face that. And I had to do a lot of work around that too, because I absolutely promoted disordered behaviors in my fitness coaching clients for many years when I was coaching fat loss and giving six week weight loss meal plans and taking measurements of their bodies and doing photos of their bodies. All of that stuff was really harmful And I think I just invite you to consider if it is benefiting your people, if it's necessary, how it is really helping them along in the name of health, true, actual health. So number four, this is so key, finding ways to get people moving in ways that are health promoting and feel supportive for their body. So just like Anita, you were saying earlier, when we do this education around their physical healing, we don't tell them to do nothing for six weeks while those tissues are really in those early days and weeks, and then just start doing all the things at six weeks postpartum. We start to get get movement in very early and gently and progressively load the body over time and this is so key for our people who maybe are more athletic or identify as athletes because they are going to want to get moving and they are going to want to push it so how can you work with them in that
1: I find a key part with this is I do this all the time with clients is test and retest so they may have some kind of anticipation that certain movements are quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad um, but also as you and I know we've talked about this postpartum there are some demands that we do need to do postpartum and for some people they're symptomatic whether it's like lifting the car seat putting the car seat in the car um, lifting their little one out of the crib or these really awkward lifting situations so that's often what I'll do is like we're going to test out different ways or different strategies. We've done an episode on this different ways of lifting. Um, And then also then bringing that if they do want more of like a structured exercise, then we're going to bring in all those different components into exercise. So they're actually training for that. So to me, that's a way of being like supportive of their body and supportive of their healing as well. And, especially if you're someone who does enjoy strength training and you kind of feel postpartum, like, when am I going to get back to this? We often start those foundational elements quite early on because day-to-day you do need to use them.
0: Yes, you do. And this is the gray area of coaching people postpartum. It isn't that we wait for six weeks and then start to do all the things. It's how can we build this in? And again, yeah, for our people who we are trying to encourage to take it a bit slower, this is a dance with them. And you're going to have to have lots of conversations with them about why they want to be doing this kind of movement or this kind of daily life activity stuff and how they're really truly feeling. And then for me personally, It's really about questioning my own stuff that comes up and my own biases that come up in coaching people who maybe are a bit more um, athletically inclined or a bit more intense because I want to rein them in so often all the time. And actually, maybe that's not the best thing for them. Maybe that's not the best thing for their mental and emotional health. Maybe they do need to push it a little bit more and they will actually be totally fine. And it will be better for them to do a little bit more, again, in terms of their physical, mental, and emotional health. So there's just so many ways to look at this that, again, require us to have a lot of conversations and uh, look at our own shit that might be mixing this up.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think a key part with that too, especially you mentioned clients who are um, who do love exercise, who are athletic, is always reminding them of where they're going, like why you're doing what you're doing. Cause it's going to get them where they want to go because they may, if you don't explain that, they may not actually know why you're giving them a specific exercise because it doesn't necessarily look like the end result, like getting back to running. So that's why I feel like almost every session with my clients, I'm going through like, this is why I'm giving you this. Like, this is the reasoning because this is your ultimate goal. And Starting that right now at six weeks, that ultimate goal, we need to build to that first. Um, So I find that something key to think about too with your clients is just reminding them why you're giving them what you're giving them and that it's going to get them to where they want to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just really driving home that idea that this seemingly slow path is actually what's going to get them there fastest and keep them feeling well for the longest. So number five, our last point here is to help them build some self-awareness and then to be able to coach themselves in the moment, in the day that they are, that they are in. And what I mean here is really getting them to understand how they are feeling in their body and what it really means to listen to your body and doing some education around that so maybe some signs and symptoms that they are looking out for or that they are keen to to know if maybe they pushed it a little bit too far and then they can start to coach themselves because this is what we want for them is to build this self-awareness and then to be able to have trust in themselves that they know their body best they know are getting to know this new version of their body well. And even though it might feel so different for them at this time that they can trust themselves and that they are going to figure this out. So I think getting them to understand again, what it means to listen to your body, some education around what signs and symptoms to be looking you know, for, and then ultimately again, for some of our more athletic folks is to check their ego in terms of how hard they might be pushing themselves and when they might be able to rein it in and why they might be pushing themselves hard and if that's necessary at this time. So those are our top five in how to help your postpartum clients take it slower, postpartum, quick rundown, give them some education around their physical healing from a tissue standpoint, but also for the nervous system at large. Number two, you're going to want to have some conversations with them about what their expectations of themselves are and where those ideas even come from. And three, have conversations around bodies and body image with them. What are their stories and beliefs about bodies? Where did these ideas come from and are they helpful or harmful? Number four, find ways to get them moving that are health promoting, that are supportive for their body and that that they actually enjoy to some degree would be really helpful. And number five, help them build some self-awareness so they can better understand this version of their body. And then they can coach themselves in the day-to-day and moving forward, better understanding their body and how it's responding.